Welcome to Thinking Edge with Ed Boudreaux. So really excited to be here today with you, Josh. We have Josh Trutwine, and he's the CEO of About Fresh. And to start off, Josh, I'd love to hear a little bit about the history and how this started. Yeah, sure. So... About Fresh is a relatively new organization, really broadly focused at making healthy food an integrated part of community healthcare systems. But um, we originally started out as an organization called Fresh Truck back in 2013. Uh, so I was working at a community health center in Charlestown, not far from here, coordinating a nutrition education program for low-income single moms and a group of kids. And at the same time, the only grocery store closed down. So that's what originally inspired our mission. And so the original program of About Fresh was, was Fresh Truck, uh, which is a mobile market model. So we have three school buses we've converted into mobile markets that operate across Boston neighborhoods. Um, and then more recently, as you know, really the issue of affordability and purchasing power came into focus for us as a barrier towards healthy eating for all the families that we were serving through Fresh Truck, um, we invented Fresh Connect sort of organically. Um, it was something a lot of our providers were asking for, but Fresh Connect is a payment platform that allows our network of healthcare partners and social service agencies to fund healthy food for their communities of people um, by administering a card that they can use to show up and buy healthy food at grocery stores and at, and at restaurants. Um, and so Fresh Truck and uh, Fresh Connect both came together as programs, and we invented About Fresh as kind of the parent organization to house all the work that we do. And so that is that is the the genesis of a about fresh and they were about about six years in. Wow. Yeah. That that's amazing. So it sounds like you've really expanded from concept, right? Yeah. Into more of a platform. Yes. Uh, that's right. so, yeah, that's amazing. So how do you think about the experiences that you're providing and how they've they've evolved? So it sounds like, you know, moms and kids mm-hmm. were the first folks you were able to, to serve in the most beautiful way. Yeah. How do you think about the growth of experiences that you've been able to provide people? Yeah. I think to be honest, to start out, we weren't thinking too hard, right? Like it was just addressing like acute an acute need that was like front or center. Like we had no answer for the fact that like there was nowhere for the moms that I was working with to go shopping. So we turned school bus into a grocery store, right? And um, we brought food out in the neighborhoods and, you know, pretty early on to into, you know, developing Fresh Truck and our original like weekly market model where we were just showing up in neighborhoods every week. We like recognized that beyond just like showing up um, in communities with food, we also needed to sort of support community engagement around healthy eating to actually like build the brand and to just, you know, inspire families to like change up how they were thinking about eating. Or in a lot of instances, it's like celebrating dormant food culture. So, I mean, that was the first thing, I guess, that we recognized within our program framework from an experience standpoint that we needed to honor was just um, that there's uh, culture is a huge driver of how families and communities are thinking about eating for better or worse. Um, and so we, we did a lot of work to really celebrate food culture, elevate, you know, the really, really rich food culture that already exists in Boston. And then, you know, over time, you know, as we just, you know, we're, we're obviously able to engage with shoppers in the communities we serve every day just by virtue of, you know, running the trucks. Um, you know, we're able to capture like a lot of feedback just around like what types of food that our shoppers wanted to see on the truck, what types of like programs and educational opportunities they wanted sort of on their journey to, to eat healthy. So I think that's inspired a lot of our work and our thinking around how culture influences healthy eating. And then, you know, like 
like I said, like we, we were hearing back also from our shoppers that affordability was a barrier towards healthy eating. So there's a lot, you know, a lot of families that were coming to us saying that they wanted to change up how they ate, but that, you know, price was getting in the way. And, the, you know, the price of the food in our truck is really low, but, you know, it's still, still a limiting factor for, for the communities that we were serving. It's like a zero-sum game, right, with like food budget and a lot of other critical expenses. And so um, that's, where, that's where Fresh Connect came from. And so it's like those are all of the, I guess, recognitions throughout the development of our programs that has – um, inspire all the work that we're doing right now. And I think even before that, right, like just I was lucky that I got the opportunity to start Fresh Truck out of, you know, one of the communities that we are currently serving, but like, you know, certainly representative of the, the broader sort of segment of low-income communities that we're aiming to serve. That sort of allowed us to really, from the, the start, I think, design and develop programs with the needs of of our communities in mind. So yeah, by virtue of being in the health center too, that gave us a good starting point. Wow. Yeah. Now, did you did you say dormant food culture? Yeah. What do you mean by that specifically? It's a real, I haven't heard the yeah. term before. So I think, yeah. So I think like, unfortunately, over the last couple of decades, like food culture has eroded in the US, right? Like a lot of it is trended towards, this is coming back around, but a lot of it is trended towards like fast food. We don't eat as many family dinners anymore. There's not like local grocery stores. We just have these huge, big box sort of anonymous stores. And we've gotten away from, you know, small scale local markets, right? And like I said, we're seeing sort of the resurgence of farmers markets, but I'd argue that those are a little bit segregated and cut off from a lot of the communities that, that we serve, a lot of low-income communities of color. And and then when I say dominant, dormant food culture, I think I'm specifically referencing sort of this narrative about low-income communities, that low-income communities don't want to eat healthy and really need to be taught. Right. Like try to tell that like our neighborhoods that are a generation removed from like, you know, the Caribbean, West Africa or Asia. Right. Who are like farming, growing fresh food and like cooking, like scratch cooking like their, their whole lives. Right. We're like in, in so in so many of the communities that we serve, we're less than a generation removed from all of that. And so we see our work is sort of elevating that dormant food culture that just, just isn't celebrated. It's not recognized. And then because healthy food isn't widely accessible in communities, um, unfortunately, will erode over time if it's not preserved actively. And so we're trying to play a role in that. I love the fact you just used the word celebrate. Yeah. Because food is about celebration. Totally. Totally. And culture, right? The convergence of those elements is what makes up a community, right? Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Bring us through how Fresh Truck works in mm-hmm. a community today, I'd love to hear that. Is sure. it, you know, prepared meals? Is it meals that can be prepared? Yeah. Like what, how does that work? Yeah. So it's, um, pretty straightforward grocery market. It's okay. just, um, you, you walk onto one of our trucks, they're like bright green. They got vegetables in the outside. They say fresh truck. They're pretty recognizable. Um, but a shopper is actually able to walk on You're, you grab a basket, both sides of the truck are kitted out with shelves of food. Uh, we carry 30 to 40 different fresh food items, and it's all uncut foods, just uncut um, fruits and vegetables. We don't do any prepared foods yet, and we source all of our food fresh daily. Um, we sell through it pretty quick, so all of our food is always looking good, and we certainly put a premium on that. And then you make your way through and go shopping, right? And, like, we carry all the staples that you would think of, apples, oranges, bananas. But then a lot of cultural staples um, that you might not think of, yucca, plantain, mango, you know, that are uh, really popular across all of the immigrant communities that we serve, certainly. And um, yeah, and then you check out at the back of the truck, right? And so it's uh, literally just like a little market 
like on wheels inside of a bus. And then we uh, kind of have two entrances. So you make your way through like the front door, do your shopping, pay, and then you can jump out the back. In our weekly market program, our trucks are showing up same place, same time every week, all year round, right? And so we go, we go right through the winter. So we become that like reliable source of healthy food. And then we have 20 of those sites around the city. And then in addition to those 20 sites, we do about 150 pop-up events, um, which are more focused on, you know, celebrating healthy food. And so those take on a lot of different shapes and sizes, a lot of block party events with health centers, housing developments, YMCA's, Boys and Girls Clubs, different community organizations. Yeah. And those are a lot of fun, right? It's like those, those events are a lot about just like getting food into the hands of especially kids, a lot of events focused on kids, just like celebrating healthy eating. I won a collard green cook-off this year. Um, it's a little bit controversial. Technically we tied, but I think there was some funny math happening during the voting process. And um, yeah, there's a big, big backstory to that too. There's a lot of trash talking with a regular shopper over two years, finally came to a head and I'd like to think I came out on the right side of that. So, uh, but it's a good example of like, you know, what comes out of our pop-ups. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to, and you must have a thousand of these stories thinking about who you serve in a transformative story, someone's life that you Im- impacted, you impact many lives. Anything come to mind? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, um, sort of by design, our programs are somewhat limited in how we engage with our shoppers, right? Like we're not asking those like deep intimate questions about like how we transformed your life. I think the the shoppers that I have the closest relationships with and the stuff that I hear back that's heartening for me that I don't know is transformative, but I think is really important over the long term is just like how we're impacting food culture and the regularity of how um, our shoppers are able to eat family dinners. And so I I think the moments that I like the best are when – like we have shoppers that'll show up on the truck uh, with food that they prepared for our market managers, right? And then they're sort of sharing back uh, their food culture. And those are the moments in time when I know that like we're doing work to actually make sure that food culture isn't being lost, um, that hopefully it's being restored, right? After after having been eroded for a lot of years. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, we have a lot of like healthcare partnerships where we're, we're hearing back from shoppers, um, that, you know, their, their diabetes and some diet-related health issues are trending in the right direction. But we don't go deep on all that stuff. At like the end of the day, we're just like a community-based grocery store. So we have a lot of that great anecdotal evidence. But, um, you know, we don't dig deep into what I think a lot of people would consider the transformative impact of food. Like we all know food is like an important part of like what it takes for us to all stay healthy. Um, so to the extent that we can make sure that everybody in the city has access to that, I hope we're transforming a lot of lives. But at the end of the day, we're like smaller grocery store, so we don't dig in too deep on actually what our impact might be to that end. I love that commentary because yeah. food is intimate, right? Yeah. It's it's about your family and going yeah. home and cooking a meal with your yeah. family, creating that culture, having that cultural aspect, celebration, mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know, I, I love the the dormant food culture because this reignites it and really enables that a healthier way of being. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. I love that. And do you think of there's a classic term, right? Food food as medicine. Yeah. It's almost like that is a very we all understand it as you as you said. Um, it's almost like that's a very sterile term. How how do you think about that? Because yeah. what you're what you're building is that kind yeah. of that beautiful thing. And yeah, we, we, yeah. We, you know what? We've been talking about that a lot lately, and we love our whole team. Like, love the spirit yep. of food as medicine, yep. and yep. like we love the idea that like healthcare is beginning to play a role in integrating food into different types of care models, and that that's central to our work. But at the end of the day, like, no, like food is not medicine. 
right? Like medicine is what you take once you're sick. Food like really shouldn't even, it's like food shouldn't have to enter into the healthcare equation, right? Like we're, we're working towards a day when everyone has access to it and doesn't need to be able to go to the doctor. But, you know, medicine is something you take after you get sick. Food is something that you should have up front so that you can stay healthy. Um, and so to that end, we don't really think about it like medicine and certainly in all of our programs, the way that we think about our work and talk about our work, nothing about the work that we're doing is clinical. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, I think we, we certainly appreciate and we're riding the wave of food as medicine, but I don't know if that defines how we think about our work. Yeah. I love that. Now we talked a little bit about frameworks and love Simon Sinek's golden circle and it put you on the spot a little bit around, you know, what's your why? If I asked you very directly, what, what's yeah. your why? Yeah. Uh, so I guess there's two things I come back to. Like first and foremost, I had a lot of mentors growing up, like from when I was a really young kid, like through college, even now that I'm still close to. That's what initially inspired me to pursue social justice work. You know, like uh, it was just ingrained in me from like a, and sort of became a part of my DNA at a really early age to make sure that I was like taking care of other people because uh, I had a lot of people looking after me, like starting with my mom, but a lot of other people. I made sure I stayed in the right track and I'm like, I think year over year I'm increasingly thankful. So that's, that's the, why I got into social justice work in general. And then, um, you know, my family that I was working with at the health center and like specifically in the kids and the moms, like I grew up in a single parent household. And so I think, you know, my, my experience at the health center, it was like sort of opportunistic. Like I'm not a food guy. I'm not like a healthcare guy. Like I don't think there's like a cause area even now that I'm particularly passionate about at the end of the day for me, it comes back to families. And, you know, back when Fresh Truck got started, about Fresh Now, it was, it just came back to, you know, me encountering an issue front and center with a group of moms and kids that I really cared about and encountering an injustice. That was it. That was the why. It was sort of, you know, it was opportunistic and then, you know, a a deep appreciation just, I guess, for like what mentorship and like being a neighbor means and being a mentor means, I guess that that's what brought me to the work. Yeah. But then sort of the, just, just encountering the issue front and center at my health center, what continues to motivate me to, to build about for us. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think the most important thing that I heard was it was very organic, Yeah. right? And yeah. your why is really serving others, helping others, enabling others through through this vehicle that you've created. And you know, the way you're thinking about it is, is just amazing. How, how do you think about scale? How do you think about scaling this to where, where are you today, you know, in different areas and how do you actually scale this? Because it is, is such an incredible thing that you're doing. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, you got to think about like scaling impact, right? Like yeah. not just scaling the size or the reach of your programs. You got to make sure that you're managing against the right metrics, you know? And so for us, those metrics mean that we're creating a resource that I think is honoring our communities and, and that is enabling communities to shop for healthy food in a way that sort of meets their needs on their time, that is convenient, and that we're you know, being effective at inspiring communities to embrace healthy eating, whatever that means for them. And so I think in advance of any amount of scalar growth, we gotta make sure that all of those things are solid, right? That we've designed programs that are effectively sort of hitting the mark across all of those metrics. And I think we're still in that phase right now of sort of developing a model that's, that's operationally effective and we're in a stage right now where we're measuring sort of our programmatic impact. But when we look forward into the future at how we would scale, I think we think about it sort of across our two programs in two different ways. You know, Fresh Truck is a really complex, operationally intensive model that requires like building trucks and running a warehouse. And it's, it's regional from the standpoint that like, you know, there's different supply chain partners 
and strategic partners when you start thinking about the network of community partners we collaborate with on a weekly basis. So in consideration of the, the operational intensity and the, the capital intensity of like Freshtruck as a mobile retail operation, we really think that that part of our work is best suited, that scaling that part of our work is best suited to capacity building, right? Really just like opening up the playbook um, and providing the blueprint to the work that we do and why it works to other, other organizations that are maybe in a better position to develop a mobile market model. So we've been doing that informally, really from the beginning of time to the extent that like what we're doing is helpful to other groups. Um, and that's how we're thinking about the growth of that part of our work at this moment in time right now. We're also really excited next year to explore a brick and mortar format that will involve us investing in existing corner stores to help them stand up a, uh, a fresh food operation. And again, we'll go through a process of sort of measuring the financial efficiency, the operational effectiveness and impact on those bottom line measures of you know, program engagement. And then uh, we think that's a really great opportunity to potentially scale and grow. Uh, but certainly the retail side of the work that we do is a, l- a little bit more complex and intense to grow. But, you know, Fresh Connect, we see a really wonderful opportunity to grow that in a very different way, just given the fact that it's a technology platform. And so by virtue of being a technology platform, it's hyper scalable. And we're excited about the emergence of value-based healthcare, you know, being in Massachusetts and you know, we've been able to be a part of and sort of witness the emergence of the MassHealth ACO pilot, which has given us a great basis to think about how we would scale even more broadly outside of Massachusetts, working really closely with organizations that are attempting to address social determinants of health. And so I think the energy, the enthusiasm, the funding flowing through value-based healthcare providers presents an opportunity for us to expand Fresh Connect more broadly and the type of data that we're capturing out of Fresh Connect. Uh, also allows us to actually build a case in a very special way for the, the efficacy of food um, as an intervention to contain healthcare costs and improve health outcomes in our most marginalized community. So we're, we're, I guess we're excited about that. We want to do it carefully, but we're excited about the potential for, for scale of Fresh Connect and Fresh Truck on those two different levels. Right. It brings to mind that it might connect back to food as medicine, but the ACO approach is interesting because do you ever see a point where food is prescribed? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that that's that's really, too, what uh, what Fresh Connect is built for, right? Like, right. so the way yeah. that Fresh Connect works right now is, like, you know, with, with Faulkner Hospital and then starting with BMC early next year, at that moment in time in a doctor's office when a patient screens positive for food insecurity or diet-related disease, they're able to actually administer a card to them with money on it for that patient to use to go shopping for healthy food. And then we're able to track that data on the back end, share that back with the provider to guide that patient's care plan into the future. And then on a more macro level, actually measure the impact on sort of health outcomes, total cost of care, and all those important metrics at a much larger scale. Um, and so we're hoping through Fresh Connect that we're, you know, we're building the basis for growth and building the case for growth by you know, capturing all of that data over time. So yeah, we see that as a hugely exciting opportunity. That's amazing. Now I'm starting to actually see the, the full platform and... Mm-hmm and scale. And I think you talked a little bit about enabling people through that intimate approach. And it's really, and I love the fact your model around, it's like shopping at a grocery store because you're enabling people to enable themselves. Yeah. Right. And that's the most beautiful thing. And bringing that conscious awareness Mm -hmm. of food and family. I think what you're doing is just incredible work I'd love to know uh, how people can actually help. What would be the ways people can get engaged, different ways to help your mission? Yeah, so I think um, 
We're first and foremost, I think, really excited about the continuous development of Fresh Connect. We have a really exciting sort of academic study that we'll be launching with Boston Medical Center next year. Really great partnership with Faulkner Hospital and Brigham Health, sort of a little bit even more broadly than that, that are driving the development of Fresh Connect. And so we're really excited about collaborating closely with additional healthcare partners. You know, I think between the combination of Fresh Connect, Fresh Truck, um, and with the development of like, you know, additional retail programs as I alluded to with our, our corner stores, we're really excited about the idea of expanding our network of healthcare partners. I mean, large providers and community-based providers like community-based health centers are like central to helping us reach our highest need shoppers that are at highest risk for diet-related disease and, and food insecurity. And so leveraging those organizations and those partnerships to target the implementation of our programs most efficiently, I think is the biggest thing that we're we're on the lookout for right now. So anytime we get a chance to sit down with the provider that's serving uh, low-income communities, you know, love the opportunity to explore how we could work with them more closely. And it sounds like this has been an amazing journey. Your success has been tremendous. We always love to ask the question, what three pieces of advice would you give aspiring entrepreneurs or someone that's looking to impact social injustice or social yeah. justice? Yeah, I'd make sure too that you build the right amount of relationships within the communities that you hope to serve and just really carefully consider your context. You know, I think starting with starting with communities and starting with people. Like I said, I had the chance to get up close to the problem with the, the moms that I was working with to start out with. And so I think that was hugely valuable. Um, and I had spent a lot of time even before that working across like different community-based organizations on different initiatives in Boston. And so I think that lens and that context was supremely valuable. I think another big one is making sure that you're managing against the right metrics, certainly in advance of growth. And you got to work backwards from there to develop your programs, right? Like if you define the wrong set of metrics up front, like if we just use food sales and we just thought about like hunger without thinking about health as our bottom line metrics, we'd have developed very different programs that I don't think would be as effective at our, our mission as, as they are right now. And so, yeah, so I think, I think defining those right metrics up front and designing programs backwards from there to move the needle on those metrics is really, really important. And then I think from there, like, you know, a disciplined approach towards organizational growth, just, just not growing too fast. I think we're sort of recognizing right now how important it was uh, that we built sound organizational infrastructure from like health insurance, HR, resources, um, even our base of operations, like the warehouse that we're working in, we were really careful about how we built and constructed all of those things uh, as a foundation for growth. And so now when we're looking forward to all these exciting initiatives, I think we're a little bit more agile because we're not thinking about uh, some of those core foundational elements to the organization. So it's a little bit boring and it's not the most exciting thing to think about, I think, for sometimes for um, entrepreneurs that are really eager to expand their program, particularly social entrepreneurs, you always, the instinct is to always want to reach more people, to serve more people. But if you don't care, take care of some of that foundational stuff out front, the growth becomes a little bit unwieldy. And we've certainly heard that. We've heard like case studies of that happening. And we're at a moment in time right now where I think where we have a deep appreciation for those board members and advisors that encouraged us to sort of stabilize the organization in advance of growth. So those are my three, I think. That's great. Yeah. Understand your context, you know, whom you're serving. Uh, make sure you have the, the right metrics at the outset and that you can test against those metrics to make sure you're, you're hitting them. Be disciplined about growth and almost go slow to go fast. Yeah. Right? 
which yeah. is hard for an entrepreneur to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Josh, today has been amazing. What you're doing, what your company is doing is is just incredible in, in creating that setting for a, a family to, to have a, an intimate relationship with food, being part of their, their culture, celebrating their family and, and being healthy. It's just an incredible why. So thank Thanks. you so much for today. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah.